0: What dark
1: deeds unfold on the streets of Arkham? And which unwitting souls, innocent or impure, will succumb to the maddening call? The Call of Cthulhu!
2: Experience the unknowable horror and black comedy of Nerdy Show's Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program, an RPG audio drama. Find it at CthulhuMystery.com or wherever you procure fine podcasts.
1: Dup tweed up, dup, dup tweed out. Dup tweed up, dup, dup tweed out. Hoo! Dweep, da doop, da doo, dweep, da doop, da doo, dup tweed up, dup
2: doo now. Hi, guys. It's Cap. And Doug. And Scatman Tony
3: Cruthers, <laughs> who was the only one not participating in that theme song.
2: Yeah, that was if that didn't ring a bell to you, that was the theme song to the 1994 animated series of Ben Edlund's The Tick. In 1988, it debuted as a standalone comic book after being a mascot for the New England Comics uh, Company. It was a newsletter for a comic shop and then evolved into a full-fledged comic-y book in the grand tradition of Bob Burton's Flaming Carrot and Mystery Men and uh, even... Uh, uh, maybe maybe a complete ripoff of the character the Roach from Cerebus the Aardvark. The debate lives on 30 yeah. years later. Interesting. <laughs> but the tick is a big blue ball of justice and a heart of
3: gold. With one of the best catchphrases of all time.
2: Oh, Tony, can, uh, what, what is that catchphrase?
3: Spoon!
2: <laughs> Excellent. Every decade has had its incarnation of the tick since it was a comic book. In 1994, like you mentioned, animated series on Fox Kids lasted for three glorious seasons. Was marvelous. And then in 2001, a live-action adaptation starring Patrick Warburton in the role of his lifetime as The Tick.
3: And, of course, in the, the late 2000s, 2010 or so, Chairface Chippendale brought it back to life in a nerdy show comic that I drew.
2: I had forgotten about that. A lot of the
3: world did, but you know, I, I <laughs> kept the tick in the public consciousness. That was my contribution. It was your soul. You did that. Yeah, you totally did that. Just me with Chairface Chippendale writing chair fan fiction
2: for Dungeons and Doritos. Wow. Yeah, I totally forgotten about all of that. <laughs> it's buried so far back. I'll be hard pressed to link to it, but I will try. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. It's a dumbass fucking joke, but I love it. So, why are we talking about the tick today? That is an excellent question. The tick is back. What? Well, we knew this because about a year ago, Amazon debuted a pilot episode for a new Tick series starring Peter Serafinowicz as the Tick. And Holy God,
3: was it that long ago?
2: It was that long ago almost to the day, Tony. Jesus. I was surprised, too. I thought it was earlier this year. Turns out, nope, it's been a whole year. Also featuring Jackie Earl Haley as the villain. The Terror. The Terror. He's such a ham in that pilot, and he was marvelous. And Sarah Finowitz, while not Patrick Warburton, is serviceable as the tech. Well, here's the thing. During the week this episode comes out, there will be a couple more days until it debuts on Amazon. But I have seen half of the first season. Yes, son of a bitch. Because they have released the first six episodes of the first season, and then obnoxiously in 2018, we're getting the rest of it. Huh, the final six episodes. Yeah. And it doesn't feel as though this midseason break was an engineered pause. It's actually a little frustrating, but that's really beside the point. Here's the thing if you listen to prior episodes of Nerdy Show, if you dial back to whatever episode it was that we talked about the tick, which I will link to, you'll know that though I clearly, deeply love the tick, there's a tick poster here in the Nerdy Show studio from, uh, I don't know what the copyright date on there is, but it's probably like 89 or 90. I love the tick. I hated this pilot. I hated it a lot.
3: I liked it. It made me laugh. I didn't see it. (laughs) I thought it was problematic, had some really violent shifts in tone, but ultimately,
2: I enjoyed it. Well, see, it didn't make me laugh, which was a problem, because The Tick is a comedy show. Supposed to be, yeah. This was a very dark, intentionally dark show where they gave The Tick's unwitting sidekick, Arthur, a superhero origin story tragic superhero origin story yeah and it was directed by the cinematographer for christopher nolan's batman trilogy and inception that makes so much sense right (laughs) in terms of why it was tonally disparate from what one would expect from the tick and tonally disparate from what the script seemed to be in some scenes yeah yeah that's very true (laughs) so while my heart wanted to love a tick episode if this had been the first thing i'd ever seen of the tick i would have been like don't green light this it it doesn't know what it wants to be it's garbage but But they greenlit it they did and i'm glad they did because by episode three this show has totally found its footing so here's the gist of this new tick it is a darker tick it is a more watchman like tick it's like if watchman was a comedy on purpose (laughs) There are funny parts in Watchmen But you you know in Watchmen when they tell that story About the superhero who was a bank Mascot who died because his cape Got stuck in the safety doors when the bank Was being robbed Yeah yeah, The tick is that Okay, That's what this incarnation of the tick is And that has always been an element of various Forms of the tick Because he's dealing with very serious stuff He just does it in such a naive beautiful way
3: That you're just kind of like
2: This is funny. I can laugh at this. Yeah. Each different version of The Tick confronted the source material in different ways. The animated series, because it could do boundless things, was a full-blown surreal superhero comedy. Mm -hmm. And the Patrick Warburton series, they didn't have any kind of a budget, so it was a superhero sitcom and edged very heavily on the superhero politics of what it is to be a duo and the gay innuendos of being a duo and stuff like that. It was a really sharp sitcom in that regard. And if they'd gotten more budget, then I, I mean, I think that they, they did what they did very well there. Mm-hmm. But, for example, there's an episode that ends with them being like, oh, Apocalypse Cow is attacking the city. And you just you see the reflection of flames and hear a sinister moo. And it's meant to be like a gigantic like Godzilla threat cow mm-hmm. shooting nuclear fire from its teats or something along those lines. You didn't see that. <laughs> you just you just heard it. And that's fine. You didn't necessarily need to see it, but it would have been pretty great if you did. So this new show, the gloves are a bit off in terms of what they can get away with visually. And it is in many ways a combination of all the different Tick incarnations leaning really heavily on the tone of the comics actually because the sitcom was a different thing every day. The animated series was a different adventure every day. And this is sequential storytelling. Okay. And I guess to, to recap what happens in the pilot a little bit, Arthur's dad dies during a superhero battle. His favorite superhero team, their Fantasticar basically, crashes into his dad. And then they all stumble out blinded by syphilis. And the terror shows up gleefully and then murders all of them in front of Arthur and then eats Arthur's ice cream.
3: Literally kills all of his heroes
2: and eats his ice cream. What a dick. And this is photographed and it becomes like... The fireman cradling like the kid out of the bombing in Oklahoma, you know, the rallying image that people sort of surround or whatever. Yeah. So Arthur's the centerpiece of that as a kid, and he grows up extremely traumatized Mm -hmm. and turns into a conspiracy theorist because a couple years later, the terror allegedly dies. He was in a battle with Superion, the Superman stand in. He's not the character from the comics or the Warburton series He's a different Superman kind of character. He was actually he's responsible for the blast in Russia, the Tunguska blast? Yes, that was him coming to earth. Oh wow. He's he's old then. Yeah, he's old. Timeless. He's still a, a young guy. Oh, the, okay. the, the terror is actually old and is human, but actually that as old as one would suspect from them be doing battle this whole time. Hmm. That's always been his vibe. Terror's been in comic books, cartoons, everything. And that terror scene, though very dark, was the highlight of the pilot. That was where it was working the most. And we just we get more of that. We get more of that vibe as the series goes on. And one of the things that bummed me out the most about the pilot was there's a strong implication that the tick is all in Arthur's head. That he is 100% his subconscious that might be enabling him to do remarkable things while he's not mm. looking. And like there's a scene where he's a little kid who's asleep and then he has a blue nightlight and the blue nightlight's talking to him. I'm happy to say in episode two, that's complete bullshit. And they sweep that under the rug if they were ever going to do it. They're not doing it now. They fix that problem. The tick has a full blown conversation with Arthur's sister, Dot. And they move on with their lives. Cool. And it's so much better from that moment on. As soon as the Tick is out in the city interacting with people, fraternizing with the homeless dude down the block and making friends with the mother of the guy who runs the bodega, everything is great. Francois Chow, who uh, played the Dharma Initiative dude in all the videos in Lost, plays Walter, Arthur's uh, stepdad. And one of the best scenes this entire series is the Tick crashing Arthur's stepdad's birthday party and them just and you see this in the newest trailer Walter opens the door and he says well look at you and the tick says <laughs> impossible <laughs> <laughs> classic tick it
3: really his, his <laughs> level of literalism is perpetually fantastic man I guess I guess I
4: need to start watching it
3: watching
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing.
3: Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless: Ready to get thirty? Thirty? Ready to get thirty? Ready to get twenty? 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 get
0: twenty? Twenty? get fifteen? 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 Just fifteen bucks a month. So, give it a try at MintMobile.com/switch.
1: Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at MintMobile.com. Ready to pop the question?
3: reading. My favorite part of the pilot, aside from the scene with the terror, because that really did work beautifully, thanks in no small part to Jackie Earl Haley just absolutely chewing every bit of scenery he could get his mouth around, (laughs) is the tick assaulting a location where there are like illegal arms dealers and all of them are opening fire on him and the bullets are just ricocheting and causing massive damage all the way around including like ricocheting back into the people holding the guns it's him completely oblivious to the danger he's in and the damage he's
2: causing Hmm. i thought that scene could have been a lot better but i think it's because Sarah Finowitz wasn't comfortable in the role yet and he gets very comfortable in the role he's he's arrived tony I am really glad
3: to hear that because Peter Serafinowitz is one of my favorite actors that nobody knows yet. Nobody knows yet in
2: the United States. In the United States. <laughs> yeah, Peter Serafinowitz was the original voice of Darth Maul. Did not know that. Yeah. The in the one that we've heard? As in, Ray Park was not speaking those lines. Right. Peter Serafinowitz was dubbing them. Right. I didn't know I mean I knew it wasn't Ray Park, but damn, okay. He's been done voice work in absolutely everything. The Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty, he mm-hmm. was the the guy who ran the facility that Pickle Rick shows up in. <laughs> He's all over. when it, He's also the leader of the
3: Nova Corps in the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, not leader, but like lead lieutenant type person. Mm. The one who's not John C. Riley. Oh. The one who goes, well, a bunch of assholes. Okay. Yeah. Nah, now, which is versatile. Th- he is. Nice. And I was
2: really bummed that he wasn't selling the tick hard enough for in the pilot, but man, he gets there. He gets there. Everybody gets better suits. In fact, <laughs> Arthur, when he sees the tick for the first time in episode two, which takes place like mere seconds after the end of episode one, mm-hmm. he's like- did you change outfits? Like, (laughs) like just swept under the rug, completely different, much better looking. That kind of beautiful self-aware. Yeah. So if you had any hesitation about the tick based on the pilot, if you didn't know it was happening, it's happening. Check it out. Get ready to be super excited only to have only six episodes to watch, but there's more coming. There's more coming. 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Er Early 2018. Less of a wait. Fucking
4: drowning in superhero stuff that I got to catch up on. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Just added more to the pile. It's only six episodes, and they're only half an hour each.
4: Yeah,
3: but, so that's you know. three hours as opposed to the combination 30 hours you have to watch to get completely caught up in the Marvel Netflix universe.
4: Not counting Doctor Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming, which I still haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Bummer. Those yeah. are good. I know. I know. Especially Homecoming. So, all right. I got, like, eight days of... Uh... <laughs> You know, of
2: just superhero stuff to get through. Anybody fatigued yet? Anybody got that superhero <laughs> uh, ooh, fatigue? Well, uh, not after Homecoming. No, I'm back on. I'm back in. Let's do it. Let's do more. <laughs> got to get it in before Thor Ragnarok. Which, Which looks pretty good. Yeah.
3: looks, Which looks surprisingly fun. looks really good. Uh. Apparently, one of the best lines out of the trailers that have been released, the, I know him, he's a friend from work, was mm-hmm. written by a five-year-old.
4: Oh, I heard that story. It was something about like, it was like a wish kid, kid, kid or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So one last thought on The Tick, and if you're a fan of Ben Edlund's original comics, hopefully this is going to hit home. With the way that this is a slightly darker show, this comedy has really come alive. Like, I wasn't laughing in the pilot, but I was legit laughing throughout the rest of it. It's darker. It's sequential. I think there's a chance. There's a real, genuine chance that Amazon realize, and Edlund as well, realizing that they have the opportunity to do some really on-point parody of what's happening over at Netflix. They could adapt Night of a Million Zillion Ninjas, the first major Tick story arc, which has never been adapted in anything. And that is a direct parody of the same stories that inspired season two of Daredevil. Ha!
3: That's kind of perfect.
2: Tony, you've you've read this, right? The the ninja storyline? I have a passing familiarity with it.
3: If I read it, it was like 15 years ago and it didn't stick because the only access I had to the Tick was the books that they had at the library. Mm. And they had... Bits and pieces of the novels for The Tick. So I think I remember Night of a Million Zillion Ninjas. And I remember the enemies in the SNES game. Had the really bad ninjas. beat em up game, yes. yeah.
2: That made no sense, but I wanted to play anyway because it was The Tick. Yeah. So they could do it. Like They could actually do it. Because the reason I don't think they did it in the, in the animated series was that the joke was going to be lost on everyone. But now those Daredevil stories are more relevant than they have ever been. Yeah. So that you got, you have the Electra stand-in, Oedipus, who wears that same outfit but in yellow instead of red. And these ninjas that are, like, everywhere, they're pests. A woman, like, hits one with a, a car accident. And then the guy's like, did we just hit a ninja? Oh, don't worry, dear. It's not like it was a dog or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and beautiful. That, that,
4: fo- that follows the inverse law of ninjas. You remember, you remember this? The inverse law of ninjas is the more ninjas there are in a given place, the weaker they become. So if 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 it's a one on one ninja showdown, if if you, Tony, are standing in the middle of Times Square and it's literally a million ninjas around you, you will kick their ass like just go through. But if you clear all of them out
3: and then one ninja drops down from one of the skyscrapers,
2: (laughs) you're you're fucked. fucked. (laughs) You
4: you will never beat him.
3: That is both the first and second season of Daredevil. (laughs) Employ that. Yeah, that reasoning.
4: That's the rule. It always happens. Ninja Gaiden is an entire franchise based around this law.
3: Up until you get to the Xbox, in which case every single one of those ninjas can absolutely kill and kick your ass.
4: Yeah, but the more of them, the, the fact that there's more of them than you means you have a chance. <laughs> if the whole game was just you fighting one other ninja, ugh, I don't know. But you are a ninja, so that you know. That's, We've got yeah, a little bit more balance. Favor. Okay, yeah. that's like. The president has been kidnapped by ninjas. Are you a bad enough dude to save him? Yeah, I think I got it. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How
3: many ninjas was it? <laughs> nah, no, they had an S, so there were at least two. At least which means two. That you've got sixty yeah, to eighty percent. There's
4: a better chance if there's a million ninjas, you got it, no problem. If there's two ninjas, that's only slightly more difficult. That's slightly less difficult than one ninja. One ninja is basically impossible.
2: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nerdy Show. Remember, this show and all the shows in the Nerdy Show Network are entirely brought to you by listener support. Go to nerdyshow.com/support to find out the various ways. You can join us, including subscribing on Patreon, one-time donations, shopping through our Amazon links, or, if you don't want to spend any money at all, rating and reviewing us on iTunes or Podchaser.
3: And on that note...
2: Yeah, on that note, since we're talking about ninjas, here's a classic track by the ninja rap duo, Krondor Crew. I wouldn't face them in a rap battle
1: in your eyes, a surprise attack. I got you grasping at your throat as you stumble back. black tax screech your feet. The cow drops, I drop before. Circle drown once more. Fall to the floor, never more to stand. Cause the contraband I plan in the hand to hand and never yield to the other man. Smother him, stuff out life. Damn right I'm getting everything to this fight. Take flight. When your friends show up, they're gonna know what's up. A train killer ninja just lit your ass up. It'll be obvious to see when I leave that I breathe breath and breathe death with each step closer and closer to the end that I seek. Strike when the reap, make it leak like a whole breach to each and all I meet. I'll do anything to win this life. That's right now, always be ruthless. Mercy is useless. Overcome force with force. This Truth is conclusive. I can prove this. You only got one life, so don't
0: lose it. Always be ruthless. Mercy is useless. Overcome force with forces. Truth is conclusive. And I can prove this. You only got one life, so don't lose it. Yeah. around me as it hits the ground and the sky cries loudly my blade is drawn and my eyes stay steady and if anybody moves then i'm ready to get deadly Showgun showdown it's six versus me they murder my master but i'm much faster are they ready to bleed yo now lightning crashes and my soul trade clashing blaze sweating blood from all the cuts and slashes four balls fall to three let's get chopped my sword swings high headlock, locked, two bodies drop another one moves and i remove his spleen i slash two more at the final one lean super body ahead. Regain my honor, come on, as I always said, always be ruthless, mercy is useless, overcome force, force with forces, truth is, conclusive and I can prove this, you only got one life, so don't lose
1: it. Always be ruthless, mercy is useless, overcome force with forces, truth is, conclusive and I can prove this, you only got one life, so don't lose it. Yeah, yeah, do, do man. My clan in
0: ruins, no one knows I survive, so my kills are accruing and I'm doing what I trained, and grain into my veins to fame the enemy heirs and samurai to our die. Meditate for days, imagine with to slay in a haze, I wonder if I'll always be outnumbered. Last of my line making me the sensei and I swear upon my blade it won't always be this way. The end of the road at last, to find the last of my
1: kind, I decide to provide my assistance to the pupils with useful information on assassination.
0: Rebuild the clan in the shadows of dojos, the darkness surrounding the sun and ninjato. The ears can't count, the number of blades drawn, when the daylight is gone, my ninja's on. Always be ruthless. Mercy is useless. Overcome force with force. This truth is conclusive and I can prove this. You only got one
1: life, so don't lose it. Always be ruthless. Mercy is useless. Overcome force with force. This truth is conclusive and I can prove this. You only got one life, so don't lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Do it again.